You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey guys, it's your host Hanson James. I just wanted to drop a quick note for you guys before we start the podcast that for whatever reason, the beginning of the podcast, there were some technical difficulties and we lost the intro, but it starts right where we began, where we asked the question, what player is going to surprise? Uh, you're not going to be surprised by who I start talking about, but also if you guys could leave us a review on iTunes by searching SLC Punks and click on write a review and and give us a rating or write us something really nice or really mean. You can do whatever you want, but we'd really appreciate it it helps the podcast grow and just find a bigger audience all right so thanks enjoy the podcast there's a lot more punks in the west four years earlier but there was also as many posers posers were people that look like punks but they did it for fashion welcome to slc punks a utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of slc dunk now here's your hosts michael Loman and james hansen the length the size the the iq that he doesn't have it that he doesn't and and we've talked about this a little off air but he kind of has to this is a contract year for dante for the most part right Mm -hmm. he has to prove himself this year and i think that and it's been said many times that he's 100 percent healthy from the acl He's had the ability to train with Quinn Snyder and with the team, and in the offseason, he's been able to get his body physically right. So it just shows all signs point to Dante having a big year. And and I, and maybe we'll talk about this a little more, but Dante Exum is probably the most important piece that tells us how good we're going to be in the next few years. If we start this season and our offense is not in the top 20, there is no reason to not have Dante Exum playing more minutes than Ricky Rubio, in my opinion. If Ricky Rubio can get us to be a top 15 offense, then he obviously... But if after like 20 games, 20, 30 games, if if we're not like a top 20 offense, there's no reason for Dante not to play more. Right. That's going to be the thing. It's just like if you're if you're if the Jazz are a bottom 10 offense, then at that point it's just like, well, what do we have to lose for you know turning exactly. it over? What are, what are we gaining? Especially if, uh, because, you know, Dante Exum and and Ricky Rubio, especially if Dante Exum has had the development that, you know, we hope he does. On the uh, defensively, he's always been a plus defensive player. So on that end, like him and Ricky Rubio are going to be a wash, and so you might as well just, you know, play the guy who has upside. So, yeah, I. I, I could definitely see Dante Exum being um, being a surprise. <laughs> it's just funny how sick and tired of me you're going to probably get talking about Dante. <laughs> but, but but here's the thing about Dante Exum. It's just like it's it like Dante Exum. He's been injured, but he's in his fourth year, 
and and getting to contract negotiations in his fourth year, that's a really rough situation for Dennis Lindsay to be in. So I don't envy Utah Jazz management if he does not meet expectations this year. So yeah, um, he definitely, and it's not even surprise. It's just like, is he going to be like the player that we we thought he would be by now? Well, and, and you so- made a very you made a very good point a few uh, a little bit ago when you, we were talking. Just we don't want another Alec Burke situation where we don't know what we have, and and we don't want to lose a player and then him turn out to be good or sign a player and not know how good he is and then it doesn't work out. We we got to find out how good he is. Yeah, I I mean because if the Utah Jazz if if Dante Exum does not play well, Dennis Lindsay is going to be fighting his his business intellect versus his heart. His business intellect will tell him Dante Exum is a sunk cost. We do not want to put future assets and money and development into a guy just because we spent money on him and um, and thought he was going to be good. Um, but at the same time, he's going to look at him and be like, he's 22. Uh, like, he's, like Donovan Mitchell is only a little bit younger than Dante Exum is now, and he's a rookie. And, all, yeah. and we're talking the sky's the limit with Don, Donovan Mitchell versus like Dante Exum. If he's coming out, we'd be like, huh, he's a four-year player. So, yeah, it's it's definitely um, definitely a little bit different. So, uh, James, what player do you believe is not going to meet expectations? All right, so I'm going to receive angry uh, comments from jazz fans and dunkers, but it's going to be Derek Favors. I I I love Derek Favors. I love his loyalty to the team i love his work ethic i i like and i'm hoping i'm wrong 100 percent hoping i'm wrong with derek because we've heard him we've already heard derek kind of talk about things like getting the three-point shot and things like that i'm just i just don't know if derek favors can stay healthy for a full nba season and i just i want to see derek favors be healthy and shoot you know, one to two three pointers a game at an efficient rate. But I have just been so it's just been so discouraging and I'm sure it's not more no more discouraging for them Der- than for Derek himself. But I just uh, I just the with the size of his body and the things the Jazz have to ask of him at the four position, I just don't know if his body is capable. I hope it is. You know, at times we've seen Derek Favors be the best player on the team with or without Gordon Hayward on it. And so that's what I'm hoping for. I just think I don't know if his body can do it because I think Derek is going to be more effective as a four on this team, but I just don't know if his body can hold up at that position. I don't know. Yeah, I would say those are my same worries too with with Derek Favors uh, because no one – when people critique Derek Favors, no one's questioning his heart, no one's questioning his work ethic, and no one's questioning that – he had the athletic ability to be that. The question now is, is his body going to play at the, it, you know, it, Derek Favors right now is a classic case of the mind is willing, but the body might be weak. Well, and, yeah, he's, he's a gamer. That's yeah, for sure. He, to- he totally wants to play at 100, 100%. He's doing all that he can. I mean, if the Utah Jazz pl- uh, training staff told him he, like, 
he needed to go vegan, he would do it. If they told him they they needed him to be at one one seventy, he would figure out a way to get down to one seventy. Like he will do anything that he feels is in the best interest for his his health and his development going forward. If if the Utah Jazz believe so, the question is going to remain though: is it? it is he just unlucky when it comes to his his health, when it comes to his knee, when it's come to his back problems, when it's come to, uh, you know, plantar fasciitis? Like, it just feels like there's a lot of these different chronic problems that have occurred. And it's not like it was a clean break and it healed type of thing. These are things that bother him over and over and over again. That It's not like you can have a, a quick surgery and it's over type of thing. So, um so that's that's the rough thing on him. For me, I think the player that's not going to meet expectations is Rodney Hood. Uh, and 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 I shouldn't say that I I do believe Rodney Hood's going to be an eighteen point to twenty points a game scorer. I'm just not sure if he's going to be an efficient scorer. I think he's going to have his opportunities. I think he's going to uh, get a lot of shots up. My worry though is Rodney Hood is not going to be able to have another person. Who's Rodney Hood is going to have the entire focus of the defense on him, on the perimeter, because for the most part they're going to lay off Joe Ingles a little bit because they don't feel he's going to be someone who's a creator, even though he does. Um, but Joe Ingles is going to have to create at a higher level than he ever has. So I mean, you might be able to throw Joe Ingles in this as well, but w- with Rodney Hood. We saw when when Gordon Hayward was thrust into that limelight of being the go-to scorer in his fourth year, his efficiency dropped. And I think we're going to see a, see somewhat similar with with Rodney Hood. I think we're going to see him scoring at any any night 16 to 20 points a game, but unfortunately he's not going to do it very efficiently because Ricky Rubio's they're going to Opposing teams will be, will try to have Ricky Rubio and Joe Ingles hurt the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be their game plan. Is like if those two if those two beat us tonight, cool. Like that's good for them, but they're not going to be able to do that most nights out of the year. So it's that's why I don't think that Rodney Hood is going to be able to meet. Expect because the expectations right now I I feel are starting to get a little wild. People are like he's going to be the most improved. He's going to be a, a breakout player this year. And yeah, I'm the Ringer not, had an article about him. Yeah, um, the Ringer had an article about him, and I, I and for him moving into a go to score role, just as we because we watched the progression of Gordon Hayward into it, it's a tough transition into it. It's it and and that first year when you're the man, it's usually wildly inefficient. Like you get your you get buckets, but you're gonna it it might hurt your team in in that. And I do think it's necessary for Rodney Hood to get those opportunities if the Jazz want him to become a go-to scorer, because you'll never find out what he is and what he isn't. And they have to because just like Dante Exum, Rodney Hood is up for an extension. So they need to find out quickly if he's going to be able to take upon uh, take upon that mantle of a go-to score or if they're going to have to address that need next offseason. Yeah, I think I think Rodney Hood, I think you're right. I mean, and also Rodney Hood's a little similar to Derek Favors in that he's had a lot of injuries 
I mean, he's had a shorter time in the NBA, but each season he's in the NBA, he seems to have these ankle things or foot things that that sideline him, and they affect his jump shot. It's just he's hit like last season. We've talked about it before, but he had that really hot start for about six weeks, and then he got injured, and just for the rest of the year, it was just kind of mediocre shooting percentages. And so, one thing I just hope with Rodney is that he's not expecting to be an all-star or a superstar, but he learns to just understand those things that he does best. Because I think Joe Ingles did this. I think one thing that Joe Ingles did is said that, you know what, I love to pass the ball, but I'm overpassing it in the offense. But one thing I am good at is shooting the corner three, shooting three-pointers, and then doing create like creating offense after the fact. I just, I just want Rodney Hood to be a spot-up three-point shooter first. Like, and, I and want Ricky him Rubio to shoot the ball. allows him to be that way, too. Exactly, like, because I think, well, the thing that with Rodney is that he's not the greatest creator for his own shot. Like, he's no, not... His, his, he doesn't have a tight handle, though we did say that about Gordon Hayward going into this as well. So... Yeah. It's, it's just... It's, and it's hard, but, but Gordon Hayward's progression is really hard to... It, it's hard to emulate. Like, when he was in year four... Very few people would have said, yeah, by year seven, this dude is going to be a guy who would carry, carry a team to the playoffs. Yeah, like, We thought Derek Favors was the best between those two. Well, and what I like about Rodney is he does have the height and he does have the ability to rise above a lot of players. And that's why I think that Rodney could become an elite spot-up shooter in the NBA. I think he definitely has a chance to be like a Michael Red, but he's not going to be someone that drives it to the hoop and blows by his guy and then just dunks it on somebody. That's just not really who he is. And he's not, he's got some of that, but it's not enough that that should be the focus of his game. In my opinion. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so crazy uh, because Rodney hoods jump shot looks like he should be hitting shots at the clip. Joe Ingles does. Yeah. And, but they and don't you would go in the same rate. Yeah, yeah. Because if you showed if you showed a person who wasn't savvy with NBA and said these two players, watch them shoot their jump shot, and then you'd say here here is a percentage of the time that they make it. Who's whose shot does what? And every single time they'd be like that dude with the slingshot shot, yeah, who, who the is guy Joe Ingles. <laughs> he shoots he shoots thirty three percent. And this other dude, he yeah, definitely he's the he's the over forty percenter, and so, so yeah, so it if if Rudy Gobert, uh, Rudy Gobert, if Rodney Hood's, uh, three point percentage becomes as beautiful as his jump shot, Jazz are in, in a good place. I just I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure because yeah, well uh, he's not Rodney Hood. It. Rodney Hood has been up and down, but that's indicative of a young player. It's fourth year now. Um, he's healthy. He's worked out a lot um, with Johnny Bryan over the off uh, season. I would love for him to prove me wrong. I I just say that the the chance of him becoming a go to scorer that's a that's a really difficult thing. That would mean that the Utah Jazz found a go to scorer with uh, found not only a defensive player of the year candidate but also a dude who can carry your scoring lead a scoring load. In the twenties, yeah, in, and see, in, in... I, I just don't know. I just feel like the reason he won't meet that, like you said earlier, actually, I think you hit it right on the head, is that our expectations might be too high and impossible for Rodney Hood to hit. 
because I just don't know. Like I look at Rodney Hood's ceiling, maybe being a JJ Redick. If he figures it out, he can be that type of player. But and, it, and I, maybe that's in his fifth year. Like the 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 Rodney Hood that were like the breakout player and everything. That actually might be a fifth or sixth year type of thing. But in the fourth year, when all of a sudden like he's never had, especially last year. Like think about last year where he kind of he started to struggle at the end of the year, and there was George Hill out on the floor, there was Gordon Hayward out on the floor, there was Joe Johnson playing the four. He was the he was the dude who wasn't being guarded the closest, and he was missing wide open shots. He's not going to get a lot of wide open as many wide open shots as he had last year. And, and he so, ended on the he ended the season on the bench, I believe. And so yeah, yeah. So he was that's a be, second string player. So yeah, so that it's going to be a. Uh, He's got a lot to prove. So my question for you then, so we've talked about, you know, who's going to meet X, who's going to surprise, who's going to meet expectations. It's very easy for us to be like the Jazz's MVP is Rudy Gobert because he is. But um, who do you believe is the Jazz's MVP not named Rudy Gobert? This is a tough one because I think – this and we've talked about this a little bit uh, that this season for the Jazz has so many different forks in the road that the Jazz can go down. Yeah, and, it's like your choose your own adventure book. It could it like it's like go to page twenty for tanking, go to page forty for playoffs, go to page twenty five for for a Derek Favors injury. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of what ifs. Uh, but so uh, not named Rudy Gobert. This is hard. This is hard because there's this so is the many. hardest one on the list. I'm not gonna lie. This is uh, I think the okay. Here it is. So this is the player. I with all these different avenues the Jazz can go with all the different routes, and we could be a tanking team. We could be a playoff team. We could be the best defensive team in the NBA. I think Joe Ingles might be the second most important player on this team. One for the fact that his shooting is going to be. No one talks about Joe Ingles shooting. But that right there is going to spread the floor enough for Ricky Rubio to operate and Dante and Donovan to operate. Uh, and I just think in a season where, you know, if something goes wrong, Joe Ingles is the leader of this team and he, he signed his new contract. I, I mean, and I don't know if he 100% feels like he does or if he's just acting, but he's embraced the city, the team, uh, Recently, if you haven't seen them, by the way, guys, they're incredible. But Converse is releasing these uh, Utah Jazz Converse All Stars, and Joe Joe Ingles was trying to figure out how to how to buy them online. And I don't know if that's just to like tell Jazz fans he loves the Jazz, but but we just need Joe Ingles' leadership. Trying to get that sponsorship deal. That's what he's get doing. Get that sponsorship he's, deal. He's like, but, dude, the purple money is drying up. I got, I need I need I need some Converse. What I want to see is Joe Ingles wearing Com- Utah Jazz Converse All Stars, burying F- threes he needs at forty-five. Converse money, F U Converse <laughs> money. But I don't know. I I just think that Joe Ingles is going to be kind of a glue guy. And the thing that's also nice about him is that you can start him, or you can have him come off the bench. He can play with anybody because he can shoot and he can pass. And he's and he can not going to throw a fit about it either. Like that's no, what I feel about with Joe Ingles is like, for like I I think if Rodney Hood. And it starts the season in the starting lineup and ends it on the bench. You're going to have a guy who's just morally hurt uh, versus Joe Ingles, who will be like, no, this is in the best interest of my team. I'm getting paid either way. I'm just happy to be here. 
and uh, I'm going to produce whether I come off the bench or not. And so one other one other thing about Joe Ingles, and this is something that goes back two or three years and something we never got from from Benedict Hayward. But he was in every scrum. He stood up for every single player. So you remember every single fight. It was either started by Joe Ingles or Joe Ingles was in the middle of it. And I that's not a small deal like that. That matters. Like it, there, there was a funny video. I can't remember if it was Money who put it out or if it was, uh, I, I forget everyone's names. But just there's a compilation of how many fights the Jazz have been in over the last four or five years, and it was just showing Gordon Hayward not going into it. Oh, not that, yeah, that was done by by Money. If it, so, it's at Money. She runs she runs a Jazz Fanatical. Oh, uh, shout out to Money at M O N I. Joe Ingles is the opposite of that. Joe Ingles is a leader. He's going to go in and he's going to fight for his teammates. And that matters. It really matters. It really does. He he's just he's just feisty. He has a competitive edge. So I I I, I think that's that's a, a good one. I would say my MVP um is going to be Ricky Rubio. And the re- reason I'm gonna say Ricky Rubio is uh for it for the Utah Jazz to be able to make the playoffs and and to meet expectations this year, Ricky Rubio has to be a stud. And one of the things that I absolutely love, similar to what Joe Ingles does, is off the court, he is and and on the court, he is such a good locker room guy. He is such a good locker room guy. He has such a good a positive uh, a positive look on life. He um he he's a student of the game. He he works hard. Plus, he has a man bun, which it's an bu- exceptional man bun. It, it, fantastic! Like it, it, I mean, it's like like with the beard and everything. Dude looks like Mountain Man esque. With and with the lion tattoo, like we got grown up. Grown up, we went from Ricky to Rick, and Ricky to Ricardo, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. So I I I think he he I'm I'm kind of saying this as I'm hoping this is a prophecy that gets fulfilled. If he is the MVP, not named Rudy Gobert of this of this team, the Utah Jazz are in a really good place. Yeah. Um, if Joe Ingles is the MVP, not named Rudy Gobert, um, part of me thinks that the team is going to be a lottery team. That means that Ricky was was up and down. That that means that things that things didn't go go the right way. But I also I can see I because I, I was with you. I I kind of wanted Joe Ingles to be that MVP. But I do think like Joe Ingles is solid. Like you know what you're getting out of Joe Ingles. Just like you know what you're getting out of Rudy Gobert. I think there's only three players on this team that you know what you're getting out of them when you put them in the game. Those are uh, both Joes, Joe Johnson and Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. And that's yeah. I I mean I actually agree with it. you a little bit. I I Ricky Rubio has a chance to make this team really good next year. If if the way Ricky Rubio played after All Star break last season is legit, and I'm starting to think a little bit that it might be because it carried over into EuroBasket. 
And people will talk about that last game that Ricky Rubio played with Spain where he missed like four or five three-pointers. But if you watch that game, they were exhausted after playing an entire tournament, and I think his legs were gone. But Ricky Rubio, if he shoots a high percentage from three, which he's never done, so very unlikely that even happens. Uh, But if he does and he shoots the way he's been shooting, the Jazz have a chance (laughs) to be really, really good. Even if if, uh, Ricky shoots... 3% 3% higher than he did last year. 3%. Well, 3% above his his career average. All of a sudden, you have a player that... Now you have spacing. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, the Jazz don't, don't necessarily need Ricky the scorer. They just need Ricky the dude whose man doesn't drop 10 feet away from the three-point line. Like that's that's what they need. If they get that from from Ricky, then all of a sudden they're able to keep integrity of spacing. Rudy Gobert is open down low. That open space for Derek Favors that keeps people um, having to worry about Rudy Gobert, which opens up the perimeter for Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Johnson, Rodney Hood, and 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 Dante Exum, and 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 Cephalosha. So that that's that's key. So yeah. So I I'll take the I'll take the next question. Okay. The Jazz will make the playoffs if and we talked about this if Ricky's the man. If Ricky's the man this year, the Jazz make the playoffs. I think the Utah Jazz's playoff hopes don't hinge on Rudy Gobert cuz Rudy Gobert is going to make them a top 10 defensive team. It's can Ricky Rubio guide this team on offense because he's going to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time because of just the he's a pass first point guard. Does he if he makes the Jazz a top fifteen, a top fifteen team, then Utah's then then Utah makes the playoffs. If the Jazz are below a top fifteen team, even if they're a top ten defense, I think they miss out because the West is just. A Thunderdome of terror, and the Jazz could be above 500 with a top 10 defense and a really terrible offense, and they very well could miss the playoffs because nine to 10 teams could be 500, 500 or above in the in the West. Yeah, my my answer is the Jazz will make the playoffs if they have a top 20 offense because I honestly there are so many good defensive players on this team. Whether it's the, I mean, if you look at our team from, you know, our center position, you have Rudy Gobert backed up by FK Udo, who has a chance to be a steal, by the way. FK Udo could be the best backup center in the NBA that we got for nothing. Um, defensively, Derek Favors. Jonas Jarebko is not a bad defender, by the way. Like, and him and Ta- if you can put Tabo Cephalosha at the four, we've got Joe Ingles at the three. Uh, Donovan, Dante, and Ricky Rubio, the guard spots. We're going to have the number one defense in the league, and if we don't, it's because we just didn't score enough and can't get enough half-court <laughs> sets. But if we could be a top-20 offense in the NBA, we're going to score enough points to win the game because teams are going to – we're going to be one – like, we're going to be a team that you score – you don't score 100 points against the Jazz. It just doesn't happen. But if we can somehow score 95 to 100 points a game, we're going to win 50 games. I mean, right. it's I, just. I think it, like 
Best case scenario, the Jazz are a better version of the Charlotte Bobcats 2009-2010 where they had the number one defense and then they need to be better than the 2009-2010 Bobcats offense, which was 24th. That's my nightmare, that the Utah Jazz have like the 24th worst offense and all of a sudden you're like, hey, nobody scores on us, but the problem is we can't score at all and the the object of the game is to score more points than the other person. So we're well, in trouble. Well, and that's the big question is like, how do we become a top 20 offense? And the real reason is that the, what happens if that happens is let's say Ricky Rubio is just becomes an average three point shooter, which for him would be fantastic because his passing, his vision, his defense are f- phenomenal. And if he becomes an average shooter, that's a big deal. If Rodney Hood can be an, a good spot-up shooter that can spread the floor with Joe Ingles, and let's say Donovan Mitchell is a surprising 36% from three from his rookie season, which I think is absolutely possible, and let's say Dante Exum shoots 36% from three, all of a sudden this team is pretty darn good. Like, you know, we're not going to be the Warriors where everyone's shooting above 40% from three, but if we can be a 15-20 to 20 offense... That's good enough if you have the top if you have a top three defense in the NBA, and that's right. that's what I go back to. It, mm-hmm. If we're not top twenty offense guys, there is no reason not to make some trades. You know, Joe Johnson. Uh, I love Joe Johnson. He's going to be a vital part of this team in terms of coming off the bench and and shooting the three from the four spot. We know that that works because last season he was a big part of our success. Yeah, and but part I mean, of the best lineups too. But. If we're not a top 20 offense, that means there's no real reason to be keeping Joe Johnson and Ricky Rubio. I mean, yeah. it's and, and time part of, to... Part, part of me feels bad for Joe Johnson because he was... I, I mean, part of the sell for Joe Johnson last year is, hey, you're coming to this team. This, we're about to become a playoff team and a contender for years to come. And then all of a sudden, Hayward leaves, George Hill leaves, and, and, and then and it falls apart really quick. And so... And I, and the Jazz, I, well, they have a chance to do a solid for Joe. Give it, send mm-hmm. him to the Cavaliers. Send him to, you know, send him to Houston or something like that, where he can end his career with a nice playoff run or two and be happy. And then that that goes a long way with other players. That the Jazz will do you a solid, if 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 they can. Yeah, I I'd say I'd say they do, and that leads us into our next one. The Jazz will tank for the lottery if. If Rudy Gobert gets hurt, I I mean, I think that's number one. Um, If Gail Miller tells them to, I I just think... My my thing was like, the Jazz will tank for the lottery if Igor is able to tell one person about Luka. Oh my gosh, Doncic is just... Like, it's so hard, like... Because part of me is like, man, I really don't want the Jazz to go back into that that system rebuilding. But at the same time, I worry that the Utah Jazz are in the San Antonio David Robinson kind of era, where you're like, oh, we we got we got a we got and star, but do we have do we have another star on our roster? Is Donovan well, and- Mitchell that guy? And it and, and could he be? And man, it it would be, and the Jazz are already in a year where they're treading water. So part of me, this and this is NBA two K me. NBA two K me is like, 
We, maybe we just we, we tank for one year, get the guy, and then we rebuild through free agency and everything else with with you know this core of you know maybe Dante Exum, Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Rodney Hood, and Rudy Gobert, or or you know or maybe you have your guy and and hope you can get lucky in free agency, but. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. The Jazz will tank for the lottery. I, I think there's one more ca- uh, caveat to that. I think the Utah Jazz will tank for the lottery if in December, if at the end of December, they're at 500. Mm, that's a good question, though. Do they go for Be- it or do they the, not? Yeah, but because at the end of December at 500, they could be looking – they at 500 in the West, you could be in – you could be number ten in the West. That's true, and but then does do the Jazz say, well, we want to get that playoff revenue, and so we're going to try to trade for a better player just to make sure we get there? Possibly. That's an interesting part, question. Part of me, part of me wonders if they don't worry about the playoff revenue this year because they're in that trust, and so. Um, well, and we so actually had the, a... the trust comes comes into play. Well, and Zach Lowe came out with a great piece. The Jazz are in the green. The Jazz are making money, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and bec- that's actually a really good point because the trust kind of keeps us from making bad decisions sometimes. And so I know, like, I'm not going to lie. Gail Miller is like the Jazz fairy godmother. She's our Jazz mom, and I love her. And the greatest gift she ever gave to us on Christmas morning was putting the Jazz in a trust because what that does is it removes poor decision making that we've had in the past we've had yeah for for like making making basketball decisions for temporary gain or or emotional reaction and things like that because because the thing is the thing you got to realize is just like any other business the nba is a business and these owners the you know their their team is just another thing in their portfolio and so think about it if one of their businesses is not going as well as as they'd hope yeah that's that might influence their their decision to try to go for a playoff run and get that extra revenue money so they that can help they're them. They're in the green. They're in the green, and they're in the green not only with their business with the NBA, but that might also help them in their in their other businesses so they can take a hit. And so, and so yeah. So the fact that the Jazz are a trust, you know, all of a sudden now you're not like, man, we really need the Jazz to, you know, to bring in an additional 12 million because we really took a hit at, you know, at our Provo location of Larry H. Miller and, and, and we just did not sell enough, enough Jeeps this year. Well, and there's another interesting caveat is the Jazz TV market is actually growing and we're actually creeping pretty darn close to the TV sharing revenue where we're, not taking in as much as we're actually giving out. And so we are kind of at an interesting point where the next 10 years are the only 10 years maybe we can tank because maybe the TV sharing isn't as much in 10 years. So maybe they do say, hey, you know what? If Doncic is there, Doncic, I'm not quite sure how you say it. Uh, if If Luka's there and Rudy gets hurt in game five, and I'm not kidding, knock on wood, please don't let that happen. But if something like that happens... You've got to you've got to go for it, and and yeah, you, it, it would be like be like the San Antonio Spurs David Robinson scenario where he went down, and all of a sudden they they end up with with Tim Duncan that year. So and definitely, they would, 
and it started yeah. everything. Yeah. And 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 honestly, that's what started the San Antonio's whole whole legacy was that and then drafting really great positions at those lower uh really great players at those lower positions. So uh next question is the Utah Jazz will either trade so and so or trade for so and so at the deadline. Who do you wh- which one do you got and who? Uh okay. So the Jazz are going to trade Joe Johnson at the trade trade deadline. I think that uh Joe Johnson was um we owe Joe Johnson something. Joe Johnson chose to come here. We did not trade for Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson's been really great to the community. He's a great just a great guy in general. Uh, he's, he's single-handedly helped the hot yoga community yeah, he's get, like get into the green. <laughs> he's had more Salt Lake people Google hot yoga than anyone. But if this team is, like you said, 500 at the trade deadline, they owe it to Joe Johnson to get him into a good situation. Or at least try. Uh, they need to trade him to... I could see him going to the Spurs, and maybe we get something pretty nice back or maybe we send him to Houston because and and find some way to make some I don't know but you just owe it to Joe Johnson to trade him to somebody that's a contender a top four or five team in the west or the east I mean you know there might there's I could see him going to Toronto maybe or something like to help out a team like that to just be a little bit better and I, I don't know I, I if you basically give Joe Johnson what he wants and just ask him you know, which of these teams do you like? Here's our different options that we've been told. Which would you like, Joe? Thanks for cho- choosing us and giving us that amazing playoff win last year that's honestly a top five Utah Jazz moment all time. That Joe Johnson game winners, I mean, that's that's like, there's not a lot of shots above that, honestly, in Jazz history. Obviously the Stockton shot, but that Joe Johnson shot was a big deal because Rudy goes mm-hmm. down, Joe Johnson saved the day. And part of that was was Derek Favors, but if he doesn't shoot win that shot, we probably lose that game. Right. So, so we owe it to Joe Johnson for a playoff victory and a series victory to just let him go where he wants. I don't know. Agreed. Um, I would say uh, the Utah Jazz will trade Derek Favors, yeah. and that's not to yeah. say he's he's underperforming. Um, he is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, they haven't worked out an extension with him, and I think what will I think either way they'll end up trading him either because they believe they can have some value and he'll provide a lot of value for a playoff run for somebody at that power forward position and also at a backup center position. Um, and I do believe out of the tradable assets Utah Jazz have he provides the most value back. And especially with a team that is looking at the Gordon Hayward and did not get anything back for losing that all-star, they're they're in desperate need of assets to be able to build a team around Rudy Gobert. And with the way that the, that the whole NBA is going, um, any assets that they can get to be able to find uh, someone who would fit better in that four position. Because I do think Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert can play together. I, I, I just think it is, it, it is a bit of a, um, it is <laughs> pun. There's a ceiling it is there. A, it is a bit of a stretch 
um, to to get <laughs> doesn't them quite stretch the floor. <laughs> yeah, uh, to get them to to play together. Um, you can, uh, but it requires Derek Favors having to play, you know, play on the perimeter and shooting that three, and taking him out of where he is most effective. So. Um, so I think Derek Favors um, will be traded. I don't think at the deadline. I think actually um, much before then in order to gain some assets and to um, start to prepare them for, I truly think next offseason is the season the Utah Jazz really begin to shape this this team in Rudy's image. Yeah, and and I won't hold anything against Derek. And I think you're right. You trade Derek Favors. Derek favors if you can even if it means second round picks because what happens is if we're losing a lot of games not making the playoffs we know that each second round pick is worth about 3.5 million dollars that can help with the playoff revenue we lost and so that helps out uh and Mm -hmm. Derek favors is going to go into this free agency period trying to get paid and I would too if I was him because with the injuries he's had He's just going to go where he can get the most money, and that might not be Utah. So next question, who will be in Charlotte for All-Star Weekend? And that means, and I guess not necessarily just as an All-Star, but who's going to go to All-Star Weekend? Okay, here, here are my, my big predictions. Uh, Rudy Gobert will get his first um, All-Star, All-Star appearance. Rudy. Um, but it But it will not be... By the vote or the co- or the coach's first choice, he will be an injury replacement. Um, uh, just because there's so many forwards and they and they take over big men, so um, he'll be an injury replacement. I think Donovan Mitchell will be in the rookie game. Yep, absolutely. And possibly, possibly dunk contest because the kids got hops. If that that would be so cool. Yes, I I and, and I think. And 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 it will just look really impressive because you know he's a smaller guard who can just get up. So um, and then I long shot and these are long odds. So I'd say like one you know tw- you know twenty to one odds. Joe Ingles in the three point contest. I was he gonna say he should have been, he he been in there last year. He should have been in there last year. I just don't think he, uh, like he, he. I say he's a long shot. Definitely a long shot this year because. He's going to have a lot more attention on him, so I'm not sure if he has the three point percentage that that was so pristine last year. I I actually so I agree with all three. I think you nailed it. Uh, I think Rudy though makes it by just he either gets voted in popular, probably not popular vote, just because of the way you know size of markets are. But he gets coaches vote. And the reason he's going to get coach's vote is he's going to be he's going to be 18 and 14 next season is my guess with Rudy. That's my big hot take is that Rudy just he's he's MVP Dwight Howard from like 5 6 years ago is what Rudy has a chance to be. Just this dominating force on the inside and I think because of how small the NBA is going to get at like every single year is just going to get smaller and smarter, smaller, which just goes into Rudy's favor. Rudy has a chance to just, I mean, 14 rebounds comes to Rudy because of the offensive rebounds. It, he's just getting stronger. And he is, he, and, and, and man, he like true muscle watch. Like 
you hear about players losing weight, like they're like, yeah, I dropped 10 pounds, I dropped 20 pounds. Like Big Al Jefferson said he lost 20 pounds. And I remember when he was in Utah saying he lost 20 pounds like every single offseason. They're like, no, you didn't. There'd be nothing left. Like, like he's dropped 20 pounds for the past five years. That's, that's 100 pounds. If he dropped 20 pounds like every single offseason, the dude would weigh 180. Dude doesn't weigh 180. Yeah. So, well, and uh, you know what, Rudy? Derek, but but Rudy looks like he has put on some a muscle. He looks like he's in excellent shape, and he looks strong. He, he it's just physically, physically impressive. Like that's the thing is, Rudy doesn't tell you he gained muscle. He just flexes his shoulders, and you see them. And I mean, I just I just think he's going to be. I mean, that's another comp for this team actually that they could eventually turn into is if you remember the Eastern Conference Finals Orlando Magic with Dwight Howard when Dwight Howard was he was he was 18 and 14 he was just three blocks a game dominating force inside and they just surrounded him with shooters and the Jazz have a chance to do that if Donovan Dante can shoot the ball you have an Ingles and a Rodney or whoever it is. And they just surround Rudy with those shooters that kind of all run a pick and roll. The Jazz have it. I mean, this year is kind of a year in flux because we are transitioning from having an offense that ran through Gordon Hayward, and we have to alter that, and we have to get a new offense. This team, after next year, as Donovan and Dante develop, has a chance to be really exciting. Have four perimeter shooters like a Jarebko, Joe Johnson, um, and whoever else you can get those positions to shoot around Rudy, and then Rudy's just your cleanup. He's your pick and roll big for every pick mm-hmm. and roll. Man, just yes. man, just thinking about that makes you want to have Luca. When you think about, oh man, I really gosh. want some good shooters. Sorry, okay. If we get Luca, we could win. A, we could win the finals if Donovan yeah, turns the, out. Oh, to be that kid's kid so good. That's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so um, what is your most anticipated arena edition, Vivint? Smart Home Arena had uh, just barely been reopened. They're putting the note, the 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 glowing note outside. That's on um, Tuesday. Next, on Tuesday. Um, what is your most anticipated arena edition? Okay, so it's bittersweet for me, but the food at the Utah Jazz Stadium has been really, really bad. Like it, my earliest memory of going to a jazz game was getting my crappy nachos as a little kid uh and i remember having like five or six dollars from my mom and it was with my junior jazz team and i go and i buy my nachos that i had it was the only money i had and i dropped them on the stairs and then i remember looking at it and just in tears like deciding you know what screw it and i like scraped the chips into my little container and the lady who watched me do it i just looked at her and said and just thought what are you going to do and i went up and i happily ate them and i i mean i don't know if those nachos are still going to be sold but they're still, they're, they're really crappy so the they're biggest terrible. addition they're the bad. biggest addition to me is the food we're going to have good food options there i don't know if we're going to have a lot of unique food options so like you go you go to like a baseball game and there's like dodger dogs and you go to like a Green Bay Packers game and remember the Gilbert burger for Gilbert Brown and it's just this oh, intense well, burger. One of my I favorite don't know if things we'll is, is like my, in my Arizona Diamondbacks, they have like the craziest like hot dogs, corn dogs, weird concoctions, fried macaroni cheese balls around a, a corn dog mixed with chili and all that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like 
we need crazy stuff. And so I don't know if we're going to really have kind of that signature thing. Like, a, what would a signature food for the jazz be? Like a jazz, a jazz, a jazz jello. Yeah, gosh, there you go. Jazz green jello. But anyways, uh, uh, yeah, can I, uh, can I get a soda, a side of funeral potatoes and I'll take (laughs) jazz jello. I'll take the uh, lime jello where it looks like it's carrot shavings. I'll take Are those it. bananas or pineapples on the inside? But I, like, I can't tell. They're, <laughs> they're going to have good food options finally. So you can eat R&R barbecue. You can eat uh, Cubbies, which is – I don't know if you've had Cubbies. It is surprisingly good. Very, very good. Yeah, when I, just, when I go down there, I'm just going to have you guide me to where I need to go so I can get comfortable with these. Uh, I, I have I, – Spoiler alert, if you guys don't know already, I live in Idaho, um, actually in, in Boise. Hashtag, hashtag Boise. Uh, so uh, so I'm, I'm not familiar with, with uh, Utah delicacies. Um, so, so this will they, be this – this is new for me. They chose well though. R&R Barbecue. Some people will say S, uh, Sugar House Barbecue is the best. I've never tried R&R. I'm excited to try it. Uh, Cubby's is like maybe the best salad in Salt Lake City if if you're if that's what you like. But they also serve oh, really delicious, li- really delicious other entrees. So you can get a nice salad at a game, you know. What? Or and I can't remember all the other things off the top of my head, but I know there's a nice pizza place they're bringing in. Just just oh, having some fun options finally, instead of just cheap nachos that aren't actually cheap. I so. I would say my favorite. Um, anticipated arena edition is the fan experience center that's in the upper bowl mm. where so and, and and this is why because a lot of times when i go to a game I, I since i'm in idaho there's a lot of people i i converse with on twitter and 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 and, and it feels like you have like a you know like you have a strong friendship fan fanship would that be a word fanship Oh yeah, um, w- with them, and, and it, but you've never met them in in person until you get to the game, and you're like, oh, you're so in, at so and so, and all of this. So you're able to meet people, but if you do you, but if you go to a game, you can't do that. Like you can't really get to meet up with people until it's like at halftime, and then it's like a mad rush, or after the game when it's all over, and really. You want to be able to hang out with these people and just, you know, just talk, you know, talk shop. You want to be able to talk about Utah Jazz, like be in the moment with it and be like, oh, I would have done this or this. And just like the same things that you get to do on 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 Twitter in real life. So that's what I'm really excited about. So the fan center up there in the top, you can still see the game. There's big screen TVs. There's like a place that I, I think there's like a bar or, or a little restaurant up there, too, that you can order stuff. I think that is so cool. Uh, so... A definite is, place we should have some SLC Dunk meetups. That would be fun. De- definitely, definitely. That so, um, I that's one of the first things that I want to scope out when I um head head up there for a preseason head down there for a preseason game is to uh, to check that out and for future SLC Dunk uh, tweet ups. So yeah, that's my that's my most um, anticipated arena edition. Perfect. So we got a few quick final questions to end up. Uh, what is your record prediction for the Utah Jazz for this season? Jeez. Oh, if you want, I can go first. It, it, well, it's because it goes back and forth. So <laughs> there's so um, many routes. Yeah, because it, James 
James definitely knows this because when I talk to him, it depends on the day. Either some days I'm like, yeah, they're they're not going to hit 500, and other days I'm like, ah, oh, they're going to be like like 45 and 37. Like that's the one that I feel is closest, 45 and 37. That's, but if you had to put my my feet to the fire, I would probably say they'd be 37 and 45, and that's just because they don't get to play enough games in the Eastern Conference. And they have to, and because of their, like, A, their division, their, and, and their division right now, they're, two teams in, in the Northwest division are courting Carmelo Anthony. This is just how nightmarish the Northwest is with OKC, Portland, and, uh, and, um, gosh, why, why, why am I blanking on names? Denver. OKC, Portland, Utah. Utah. Denver. Denver. And Minnesota, right? Or no, Minnesota's yeah, not. Yeah, and Minnesota. And Minnesota. So that's that's just their division, and then you look at all the other teams that, that you have, like you have Golden State, you got um, the Lakers, who will just be a thorn in somebody's side. They're not going to be a playoff team, but they're just going to be annoying. Um, you, Houston you have, with Chris you have Paul, Houston, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, and and Dallas just is just going to be annoying. You have the Pelicans, and who so, might be good. They might and be they, good. They might be good. They started to look like they pulled it together the last three weeks, so people weren't really caring when they played the Pelicans. But that so it, it's a really rough Western Conference, and you got to play at least three games against all of them. Versus, you know, they they're not going to be able to get that many many cracks at the at the Eastern Conference, and not enough. And um, and they play a lot of uh, Eastern Conference teams, you know, they're, they're tough ones early in the season, both games. So it's not like they can even get cratch or break if somebody's resting players towards the end of the year. So I I think it – I and they have that terrible gauntlet in December and January, which just scare me. And with a team with so many new players and cha- basically changing an offense around Ricky Rubio and all of that – it makes me think that they'll be 37 and, and 45, not because they're not good, but just because they're the teams in the Western Conference are just a nightmare. So See, I, that's, I'm, I'm that, gonna... I'll go with that. That's how I feel today. It might change tomorrow. I might be really optimistic after I, I hear something out of training camp. But as of right now, 37-45. So I'm going to play good cop. Um, I am actually going to start putting money down on the Jazz this year. So... Uh, my bookie has the Jazz, I think, uh, over under a 41. Smash that over, guys. We oh. just got we just got a brand new arena. The Jazz are going to want to fill those seats as best they can. The way you do that is you win a lot of games. I think, uh, like you said, the, the West is a nightmare, but there's two teams that really, I don't, I, I don't know if they're good. And one is Minnesota and one is Denver. So I know yes. that Minnesota. Yes, I, I know Minnesota just got Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler is an exceptional player, and at times was an MVP level player last season. Just phenomenal. The, the, to the, do what he did with that Chicago Bulls team was exceptional, and so they might be great. But we haven't seen Minnesota win anything, and there's no proof that Carl Anthony Towns, though is a phenomenal offensive player, can play a lick of defense whatsoever he was horrendous defensively last season and they lose uh well they they lose ricky rubio which will be interesting does that help them does that hurt them because i don't feel like jeff teague is an upgrade and jeff teague like i actually think that's uh that's a step down from jeff teague 
uh, like, well, no, it's a step down from Ricky Rubio. So yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Like, I actually would be higher on the on the on the Timber Pups if they kept Rubio. Oh, or if they'd have been uh, smart enough, and it might have been George Hill who didn't let it go through, but smart enough to get George Hill because yes. if you have George Hill playing off of Jimmy Butler, that's a better team. Jeff Teague is a decent shooter, and he's he's a He's a good player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. But I'd say the same thing about Ricky Rubio. I don't know if Ricky Rubio is a great player, but he's a good player. And if Ricky, but the thing is, is if Ricky Rubio is shooting really well, he becomes a great player because he does so many other things so well. And Jeff Teague just, mm-hmm. I, I just, and then that, so that's the thing. I just want to see Minnesota win before I actually crown them as this powerhouse that everyone's crowning them. Um, yeah, if you the other one think is, about it, Denver, both Denver and Minnesota had those questionable moves, like the Jeff Teague move for for Minnesota, and then you look at Denver and they had the weird they signed they traded for Trey Lyles and then drafted uh, Lydon Tyler Johnson. Lydon. And, and, I mean Ty, Tyler Lydon. I can't I can't remember his name. Tyler Lydon, and then you then they also re-signed uh, Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley. They still have Wilson Chandler. Yeah. Then they signed. The big sign was Paul Millsap. Yeah, so, and they have Paul they do Millsap, all that so... and then sign Paul Millsap. Uh, I, yeah, so I just I just don't know if Denver and I know everyone loves and maybe maybe I'm just Charles Barkley curmudgeon here, but I don't know personally, and I haven't watched a ton of him, and I'm going to watch a lot of him this year. But is Jokic as good as analytic basketball is telling me? Because I've seen him play. And I've seen his passing, which is really good. Offensively, he's really phenomenal. And if you do, it's very easy to go to Jokic and look at those advanced stats, and they they fly off the chart at you. You go, holy smokes, look at that PER. He's like what Rudy is analytically on defense to offense. Yeah, and, that's, and, and that's the thing that you got to look at with the questions that we're asking about Rudy Gobert for the Jazz to be a playoff team next year. He has to take those leaps on the offensive end. Likewise for Denver, Jokic has to take those steps, has to take has to become above average on defense for Denver to get there because you can't you can't force Paul Millsap to be your only defensive low post player and because he's he's above average on steals, but he's not going to protect the rim. Yeah, and, and and I love Paul Millsap. He's exceptional. I wish the Jazz had found a way to get him on our team this year because that would yeah. have been fantastic. That would have but, been the deal of all deals, but they were so tied up in the Gordon Hayward saga. It's just, screw you, Benedict Hayward. But anyways, in reality, uh, um, Paul Millsap is getting older. His stats are on a downward trend right now, and... He's good enough that they're going to be better with him. There's no doubt about it. But, man, if something happens to Paul Millsap, those backup centers besides Wilson Chandler, that is a crater. And and we know how well Trey Lyles reacts to not getting play time and things like that. The other player they do have, and I will say, is Gary Harris is a really nice player. And they yes. do have... He, Gary he Harris is, is underrated. He is a really good player, and I wish he was in a jazz uniform. And I really liked him in the draft. Gary Harris is one of those players that you need to remember to give a player a chance to develop because he did not start off this good. But over time, you know, the players that have that work ethic, they become good. And Gary Harris is a good example of that. That's why I have hope for Dante because he has physical, he has better physical tools than Gary Harris does. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, I mean, come on, Dante. (laughs) Yeah. 
so, so I would say as, prediction. So oh, I didn't say it. Fifty wins. Fifty, 50 wins. This Fifty. <laughs> I think the Jazz really. I think the Jazz blow the doors off people with their defense, and I think Man. Ricky Rubio unlocks Rodney and 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 I think Don. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Dante and Donovan have a chance to be. They're really, really good. They're really fun. I, and and a lot of my prediction is is a reverse jinx. I, I like that's <laughs> like. Sorry, like superstition still plays plays into this. So, um, I I think the Jazz will finish fourth in the Northwest Division, and then I do believe they'll finish tenth in the Western Conference. So, uh, fourth in the Northwest Division, I do believe the team that I actually think is going to be the worst team in the in the Northwest is Denver. I think Minnesota is going to be up there. I think Portland is going to be up there because they've shown between if if Damian Lillard and McCollum are healthy, and when um, who, uh, Nurkic was healthy, um, they they actually looked a little bit scary. So um, and they already have two players who who you know what you're getting out of, and two players who are near all you know who are all star level. Um. And then OKC, there. I I think uh, OKC is the best team in this division. Ooh. And that's uh, yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This OKC is the best team in the Northwest Division with Russ and Paul George. Um, I used to live in Indiana. Um, I saw a lot of Paul George. I saw a lot of Pacers games. And I think what we saw of Paul George the last couple years in Indiana was just straight up apathy. Honestly, like he was coasting through some games and uh, I don't think he's going to be able to get away with that with Russ because he plays with such an intensity and Russ does Russ is like a honey badger. He doesn't give a shit like he, he like you are going to. You are going to play hard. You're going to work hard. And if you don't show up and bring your work pail to work, he'll call you out. It doesn't matter how many people are watching, how many cameras are there. He's going to call you out. And that team, it's Russ's team now. Paul George gets to be there and be a cog. So this is the first time Paul George is not the man. So and he might I, play better that way because he, he might, might be better, better playing off of a dominant player. And and I'm not even saying like the man on the court. I'm talking about the leader in the locker room. Like it runs like Russ, and um, and and Russ just has a competitive fire that goes. And you have Stephen Adams as well, who like uh, Stephen Adams, Ennis Cantor, all those guys are squarely behind Russell Westbrook. So you so Paul George has no 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 choice but to go in there and step in line. And if the Carmelo trade to OKC were to go through, same thing would happen. Like, Russ does not care how many Air Jordan commercials you have. He doesn't care, how, you know, what your accolades are. He does not care. He's Russ. And so he's going to – He's. I think that would be an excellent situation. You might actually see a rejuvenated Carmelo Anthony. I, I think that would be the best landing place for him. I think it would be way better than Houston, be way better than Portland because – Carmelo, like Russ, is going to keep keep people in line. He totally would. So, 
Um, though I will have to say, I do see a scenario where the Utah Jazz, like there is a, it, it, there's just an easy scenario as the Jazz finishing sixth in the Northwest Division. I mean, not sixth, but finishing second in the Northwest Division and sixth in the Western Conference, and 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 finishing out the season forty-seven and thirty-five. It's it it it. I I do think for for a lot of playoff teams, the Jazz just have like if you were going to run analytics, like their their margin of error is really large. The, the margin of error <laughs> on predictions for the Utah Jazz is really large right now because there's just so many ifs and they're just not a not a lot of proven commodities on the roster. So I I uh, I really like the Jazz's chances to be good this year. I just I just feel like this is a year that could be Quinn Snyder's coach of the year opportunity. And I think like his he might, Jerry Sloan, his Jerry Sloan 2003-2004 exactly year. And so the reason I think the Jazz have a chance to really surprise some people is I we have a superstar on our team. His name's Rudy, but he's not an offensive superstar. So on offense, this team has to get buckets in ways that are not just having that go-to guy like your Harden or your Durant. And I think the thing, the one thing that the Jazz are going to do this year that is going to be different than last year is the Jazz have to play fast and the Jazz have to play in transition. And the Jazz have to look at getting as many easy buckets as they can because the Jazz don't really have a guy that can just play it one-on-one and get you a score. We don't have Kyrie Irving. We don't have Kevin Durant. We don't have that. But if we do have about four guys on this team that can all average two steals a game and steals turn into transition and transition turns into efficient offense and it just takes four or five extra points a game this year of just getting in transition that helps us out and makes us really good. And so mm-hmm. I I think I think the Jazz are better than Denver. I think I I think the Jazz are on par with Minnesota, even with Jimmy Butler, because I think Rudy Gobert, no matter what people want to say, is better than Carl Anthony Towns. He has that much of an effect on a game. And I I think that Ricky Rubio is going to make us better than people expect. I think the Jazz have a chance to have the number one defense in the league. And I know offense is generally more important than defense, but being the number one defense in the NBA wins you a lot of those close games. And uh, so I just think I think the Jazz will finish, let's say, fourth in the Northwest. And I think the Jazz slip into the playoffs in the eighth seed. I think I think actually pretty comfortably to the eighth seed because I believe Ah. we're we're better than the Pelicans. We're better than Dallas. We're better than Portland. And those are really the teams we have to be better than. And and we've we've talked about this a lot. I do think because if you're fifty win if you with fifty wins, I do think there is a because of how bad the Eastern Conference is and how good the Western Conference is, it could be like that year a few years back where there were eight team nine teams that had fifty wins or more, and um, or there very well could be eight teams in the Western Conference that have fifty wins. Mm-hmm. And so it, just because of how stacked the Western Conference is. So, yeah, I'd say that fits. Yeah, that's a good prediction. There we go. Excellent. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. We told you the season. There, you don't even have to watch anymore, guys. <laughs> but it starts we, next week. Nailed it. 
Nailed it. I like. I feel like every single one of these predictions is going to come true. I I I felt like it was just like dead on. So well, what other thing, guys? We've been through a lot together. We all had to watch uh, Gordon Hayward break our hearts, and we appreciate you guys staying on the site, commenting. Uh, Some of you telling us to stop talking about Gordon Hayward. Some of you telling us (laughs) to talk about Gordon Hayward. Whatever it is, we got through it together, you guys, and it sucked really bad. It really sucked, but we got through it, and it's going to be a fun year with a lot of interesting things going on. So, yeah, whatever it's, happens, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm just excited. We have basketball. <laughs> the Jazz are going to be starting a scrimmage at Hill Air Force Base, at, um, and uh, then training camp gets underway, and then, then hey, October second, we're playing against some Aussies. So this is going to be great. So, uh, so as always catch us on, on the good old SoundCloud and at iTunes, you can subscribe and follow uh, our podcast, the SLC punks podcast there. Um, also read us at slcdunk.com. We have some awesome posts going there. Um, uh, a little birdie told me that there is an eight bit NBA from SLC Dunk that's about to drop here pretty next soon. Next week, guys. Next week. Next week. So check that out. Um, also follow us on uh, on Twitter at SLC Dunk and follow us on Facebook at SLC Dunk FB for Facebook. And then also follow us on Instagram at, you guessed it, SLC Dunk. We have some awesome graphics that we put up there. Uh, little update. We have been running the Muscle Watch. Um, yours truly has dropped two pounds, actually two and a half. You're welcome. Well done. And yeah, thank you. Uh, so I have, I believe I have about three more pounds to go. And so that, that just hitting that there. Um, James here has been running the keto diet. Is that down true? five pounds. Yeah. Down five. Dang, dang. So I want to thank everyone who's still doing that. Um, check out uh, Utah Jazz are doing something really cool um, with uh jp strong t-shirts you can purchase them on the fans website uh you should be able to find that we've put that in a bunch of stories and also on our twitter page or just go to fans.com you should be able to find it there it's they're 15 but all proceeds go to jp gibson um and his family uh to be able to help them through this uh through this time uh so and and jp and your family josh and all all those there you know we you're in our thoughts you're in our prayers Hope everything's going good. I know you guys had a scare and 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 keep on rocking it. Um, so keep on keeping on with the with the muscle watch. Keep on doing that. I want to thank everybody. Uh, the final tally on the number was two thousand two hundred and five dollars that we raised for the first year that we did this. First year that we did this. So that is just so freaking cool. Uh, so thank you guys for for everyone who who joined in on that. And you guys are awesome. So. Uh, We'll catch you on the flip side. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you guys soon. Talk to you later.